0: Well, we're back here, Shannon, aren't we? We are. You're back uh, in the U.S. I'm back in the right? U.S. Yeah, I left the country <laughs> to do yeah. uh,
1: to do some musical tourism, which I like. That is such a fantastic business model. It, unless you're me and you're just paying like a customer, um, it's. It, so I went to see uh, the band Fish played in Mexico for four nights this past weekend, and my wife and I went down and saw it but the way it works, they've done this now four times. We've, we've been three of the four. Uh, the first three were at one at the same at, at, they were all at one resort, the first three, and now they've moved and it looks like the next four at least will be at a new resort, uh, which oh. is where we were this weekend, uh, right near, uh, Cancun airport, right? Like 10 minutes away, which was great. The other resort was like an hour away. Uh, so th- this one nicer resort, uh, but what they do is they they set up a stage on the beach. Uh, about 5000 people can fit on the beach uh, on the stage. And what this company does, there's a company that organizes this not just for fish. They do it for three other bands as well. Fish was the last of them this time. I think fish was the first band they ever did this with, you know, whatever, five years ago or six years ago. But but okay, now, they, sure. now they've expanded their model as as they should. They've scaled. Right. Uh, nice. And and they do it with bands where people will want to see the same band multiple nights in a row. So it was obviously they did fish this weekend. They started their run. I believe they started it with dead and company, which is the current incarnation of Grateful Dead members. Uh, yes. Luke Bryan, the country uh, oh, singer. OK, um, and he has uh, usually Luke Bryan's weekend, I think, has other acts with him it's not just one act it's that would make sense yeah yeah. and then uh dave matthews and tim reynolds it's just the two of them they played sort of acoustic it's just the two guitar players uh they did three or four nights and then fish did four nights this weekend
0: and the way let me let me uh, let me ask a question do they play do they have this fish in this case that's enough uh, of a catalog they play different things every night or the same No so fish's catalog is is expansive
1: enough that two almost 3 years ago they did 13 nights at Madison Square Garden and didn't repeat a song through the entire thirteen wow. night run, I know <laughs> that's some creativity right it there. It is, yeah, wow, that's cool. That's yeah, but cool. It, but it's it's so that's their business model, right? Is they know that people are going to go to multiple shows because you want to you know hear different songs, and and so they're they've always been really smart about keeping their ticket prices relatively low based compared as compared to the rest of the industry. You know, like okay. they their tickets still aren't more than a hundred bucks usually like it's usually less than a hundred dollars a ticket for a normal concert i'm not talking about this past weekend where which i will Sure. but, but you know for a normal concert it took them a very long time to move above the 50 dollar mark they were very hesitant for that because they knew that you know they they have a smaller following but people will pay to go to multiple shows and so they know that you can't put your tickets at two fifty and expect people to go to, you know, five shows. That suddenly becomes a, you know, a financial burden for most people. Uh, But they know that if their tickets are, you know, 70, $80 kind of thing, like, yeah, okay, we can just, we can just roll forward and, and they, they do just fine. uh, As at least as far as they're concerned. So this company though, CID entertainment started this thing on the beach with fish. I don't know, five or six years ago or something. And they also are the company that helps bands manage their festivals and other sort of destination style things. If a band is playing three or four nights or even two or three nights in one area, they might say, oh, look, we'll get you tickets and a hotel room and transportation to the venue. You know, they kind of they do the the package deal. Right. OK. Right so, right. so the idea of doing a package deal at an all inclusive resort it fits into this model. But what they do is the first year we went, I did the math that no one should ever do. After we bought our (laughs) tickets, I booked, I didn't actually pay. I didn't like finalize the booking, but I went on the website of the resort and I booked the exact same room for the same nights. Oh Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And it was like a third of what we were paying through the, through CID to see fish. Now, if I bought a room direct with the resort, I cannot go down to the beach and see the concerts. Right. Like the, in order to see the concerts, you have to book through the Got package. Yeah. Right. And and I mean, and that's just how it works. Now, I dug in a little deeper this weekend and I found out the way that the way they do it, which makes perfect sense, is that CID goes and pre-buys all the rooms that they're going to want to sell you know, alongside the concert tickets well in advance, like I think they have, they bought this year's and next year's rooms, um, uh, like eight months ago. So, so, the, so they're taking on the risk. Right? They're taking they're, on the risk, but, yeah, yeah. but they, I mean, you know, they know what they're going to sell, right? Yeah. Uh As long as, as long as everybody's, you know, as long as the band's still alive and all that stuff, like that, that would be the the biggest risk because they know that the following's there. They they've done this before. They know that people are going to come. But if I'm able to buy one room at a third the price that they're selling it to me, imagine the price that they're getting when they're buying 1500 rooms.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. pretty good. That's no, pretty cool. They, that's do have to, they do
1: have to go and like build a stage and put all the infrastructure in place for that and, of course, pay the bands. And I'm sure that's a right. no small fee. Right. But there's. There's still a lot of money on the table,
0: which is great. I mean, it... And you have to stay at... The, you have to buy the tickets to them to go to this event. Correct. You can't You can't just buy a ticket. You have to stay at the resort. Correct. No. You have to stay at the resort. You have to buy the tickets through them. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. We, should, we should try out. to get them on the show and talk about I, it. I, yeah,
1: yeah, I would love to because it's a great model. And they're a relatively small company that's, you know, this just kind of built things up. And, and they really are... They, I, like... I, I mean, I haven't talked with them about this. I, as you said, I would love to. But on uh, on on my side, they are masters at customer service, which of course is the key to anything yeah, like this. Great. I mean, if you're going to do an all inclusive, you know, thing that's going to cost, I mean, it cost us like six grand for the weekend or whatever it was. Uh, if you're going to charge somebody that, you got to deliver.
0: You know, and it's got to be you get your uh, airfare through them, too. It's a complete package or you just get there any way you can. You get there. You get to the
1: airport any way you can. And then from there, they shuttle you to the venue. Everything's included. All your, you know, your room, the concert ticket, the food, the drinks, everything. It's an all inclusive weekend. And then and it was five nights for us. And then and then they ship you back to the airport. And then you're on your own to, to, you know, get get a flight home, which hopefully you've You've already booked, you know, by that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cool. That's. But it was interesting traveling because, uh, you know, with this coronavirus thing, I started to wonder, like, will they cancel this? Because a a week and a half before uh, there was a big trade show that was supposed to be. In Barcelona, this year, World uh,
0: mobile mobile World Congress, Congress, Mobile World Congress. Yeah. One hundred
1: nine thousand yeah. people went to that show last year and two weeks ago today, they canceled this yeah. year's show. Imagine flights, yeah. hotel, like, hotels you could cancel, <sighs> but all those hotels are screwed, right? Oh, their, it, it, their business yeah. is screwed. The airlines were mm, somewhat protected, probably because people bought non-refundable tickets. But.
0: Still, man, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, Yeah, it's fascinating. And I was thinking about it, uh, that same thing this this week. And I thought, what a great topic for us to discuss on the show today is uh, what to do when disaster strikes like this. How do you respond? What do you do if you were uh, in the business of providing something to that show that was canceled? And how do you deal with the, you know, what Are if you were going to release your product at this show? Yeah,
1: Like just,
0: <laughs> certainly there must have been people that had that plan. What do you do and and uh so yeah, let, let's take the next uh, 20 30 minutes and go down that road and talk about it. Well, let's do it. He's Shannon Jean. I'm Dave Hamilton
1: and this is episode 264 of the Small Business Show. <laughs> Welcome to the Small Business Show, everybody. You know why we're here, because we just told you it's time to talk about what to do when
0: disaster strikes. Yeah. You know, we did a show about disasters back in 2015. Yeah. Uh, If you go to businessshow.co and search for disaster, it'll come right up. And those were more kind of man-made disasters. I I, I fondly recall discussing uh, breaking up the first and only fist fight. That happened uh, in our that. in our oh, in yeah. our lab <laughs> on a couple technicians. It was yeah, it was pretty crazy. But today, I thought let's talk about natural disasters and resources and recovery. Uh, you know, what do you do? How do you respond? How do you manage your team, your business, your suppliers, your customers when something <laughs> happens? Um, you know, like the, like the coronavirus that we were just talking about. I, I, I'm not really sure. What's going to happen with this other than, you know, we've seen the the stock market, you know, take a big dive uh, under concerns of, I think, primarily economics, because even though we're not, I think we're, no one is sure how big this is going to be, certainly even at the size it is now, it's having an economic impact. Right. 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 Oh,
1: for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, the the. The the impact of China, I think that was the big deal with Mobile yeah. World Congress, because the day before they announced that the whole show had been canceled, I think it was Sony and Amazon had both pulled out saying, oh, wow. right. Yeah. Look, you know, we've got lots of people coming from China to this show that either can't come or it's not wise to bring them. And so we're just we're not going to be there. And I think there was probably signs that there were more companies like that, that were that were going to have to make the same decision. And my guess is the the organizers of Mobile World Congress looked at it and said, look, you know, if we go from one hundred and nine thousand attendees in twenty nineteen to forty thousand attendees in twenty twenty, that's bad optics. Way better. It's a bad look. Yeah, it's a bad look. Yeah. You just got to You got to punt. It, but, you know, and, and so much of the mobile phone business, which is really what right. Mobile World Congress is focused on, comes from Asia. I mean, it like even though it happens sure. in Barcelona, like Asia is is the, the center of of all that stuff. So it yeah. made yeah. sense that, you know, that they had to sort of pull the plug uh, again, m- if only from a PR standpoint, just to not have a show that was so weakly attended, easier to have zero and, and say, we'll see you next year. But it screws yeah. all those companies that were going to make oh. those
0: announcements. Oh, Yeah, hund- hundreds and hundreds and, and thousands of people. Um, and I, I think that um, one of the things that disasters, you know, or emergency situations do really well is they uh, surface the weaknesses in, in your business. Right. And I think you hit on it right there where if. You know, you're sourcing or having your products assembled or uh, you know created in in you know China right now. You're going to be constrained on you know depending upon what's going on. Oh yeah, and I would imagine that there's a lot of companies right now scrambling. I know that if you know I was still running our you know repair business and you know my general manager that was in Shenzhen and we were sourcing all over. I I think it would be a bit challenging right now, uh, and I think that's where you know I want to talk about today is how do you prepare for things that may come up, uh, and and what can you do to help mitigate you know some of those uh, some of those risks. Yeah, the things you can't control.
1: That's right. Right. Yeah, but you yeah, but you've got to be able to control your business even in those things. So yeah, I, I I I like that we're heading down this path. The first thing I want to talk about though is our sponsor for this episode, which is Text Expander at TextExpander.com slash podcast. You know, one thing that you can do to help mitigate against disasters is to make sure that your productivity and efficiency in your business are at peak levels because you don't want to be bogged down by other things when this surprise shows up of a disaster, right? And so Text Expander can really help with this because what Text Expander allows you to do with your business is you take All of the things that you're emailing out or sending to customers via text message or whatever those are, and you craft them once and then you put them into Text Expander. And the next time you need to send that same response, it's already there. You don't have to proofread it. You don't have to think about it. You just send it. You can even have Text Expander prompt you for. Fill-ins, like if you want to put the person's name or their product name or some other thing that you want to be able to customize these, it can prompt you for these so you don't have to remember, oh, right, after I fill this, I've got to go back and edit this part. No, no, no. Text expander takes care of that for you, and it's awesome. Check it out. And you can sync with your entire team so everybody gets the same thing. And even if a disaster does strike, right, you can sit down once. Write whatever note you need to write that goes to your customers explaining, you know, in your example, maybe some delays on some things. Write it once, craft it, have the whole team, you know, or whoever needs to look at it, and now put it into Text Expander, and boom, your whole team has it. You're good to go. Make sure to visit Textexpander.com slash podcast because as a listener of this show, you get 20% off your first year. So check it out, Textexpander.com slash podcast. And our thanks to Text Expander
0: and Smile for sponsoring this episode.
1: Awesome. hi right, man. This guys
0: great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so- uh, I, I'm doing some research here for the show today, looking up on the, the small business administration website, SBA.gov. Uh, they had one of the things that really hit me when I was doing some research here is according to the SBA, over 25% of small businesses don't open again after a major disaster happens. Uh, you know, and, and in a lot of cases they use are using like flooding and, you know, earthquake, different thing like that. Sure. But I, I, I think that, you know, if, in this age of just-in-time inventory and, uh, you know, keeping things, uh, your supply chain moving, when that comes to a halt, you could really have some some problems. And I I was impressed the SBA had some really cool tips for prepping. And they also offer some, you know, really great resources if you do run into problems, everything from, you know, loans to, you know, other assistance. And we'll put some, uh, I'm not going to go into all of them because it's pretty in-depth, but we will put the Links in the show notes for you at businessshow.co. Cool. Put them up there. Yeah. And I I think a lot of it comes, a lot of this comes down to being prepared. And I I keep coming back to the supply chain uh, concept and, you know, thinking about, okay, if I'm sourcing all of my products through one channel, one uh, geographical location, you know, what weaknesses come up if all of a sudden I can't get that product and thinking about how can I diversify that your supply chain to take it, you know, one uh, source starts to fall off. Can you shift to somewhere else? And if you can't, that's a real weakness in your business. And I guarantee you, if you ever go to sell your company or you're getting analyzed for, you're trying to raise funding or, uh, you know, get a loan from your bank, they're going to look for those kinds of weaknesses and they will be glad to point them out for you. Yeah. Uh, It's
1: interesting. I diversify was the first thing I put on my list too. And I, you know, I approach it from a very different perspective because I, I have never been in that business, but I am in the publishing business. And we always have to think about like we're often writing things about the news of the day well a natural disaster or any kind of change can cause n- no relevant news to come right. up right and so we always have to be ready and this is why we years ago diversified into things like tips And reviews, how to's. Oh, that's great. Right? Like I mean diversifying. So you're not just relying on the news. No, these are things we can control too. Like I know that I can write, you know, we've got we've got twenty-five tips in the queue that need to be written. No, we won't write them all in one day, but we know that we can. And so we can start pulling from that and be like, okay, we can do some different things. We can provide ongoing value that's irrelevant. To whatever the happenings or not
0: happenings of the day are. Yeah, that is what a great way to prepare for a weakness, right? Because right. you can't control the news. No. Right. But but you can prep and expand your your uh, business model to provide other services over time. And then you're uh, you're not just relying on that one stream of and, uh, data that you have to wait for.
1: And that's it. Yeah. You, you, you hit the nail that's on cool. the
0: head, like just zoom out
1: and diversify your business model. You, you know, I think I think you got to note that what 25 percent of businesses fail after yep. a major disaster. So assume that 25 percent of your business is going to fail. So make sure you have multiple business. You know, we always talk about your revenue stack, you know, having multiple faucets dripping constantly. One of them's going to dry up. Fine. OK, great. Go after the others, you know, don't put yeah. all your eggs in one basket. And and again, you don't you know, I mean, you and I are, are famous for having very different types of businesses in our revenue stack. That's not the only way to do it. You can, you know, as I said, you know, even even in sure. one business, you can diversify yourself so that you're protected against these things for sure. Yeah, that's
0: great. Yeah. And and I also think on that, that same diversification uh, concept, one of the things that hit me over the years is you need to have multiple ways to communicate with your people, especially if you're located in different parts of the world. If, you know, if Skype is your go-to, well, you, you need to come up with a backup, right? A plan B. If you can't, if Skype goes down or, uh, you know, we, we, like I said, we have done a lot of business in China and, you know, uh, certain times, hey, Skype isn't being allowed right now. So we would have to jump over to WhatsApp uh, and, you know, forget, certain kinds of services that just weren't being offered. So you have to be ready for those. You have to prepare because you don't want to try to contact your team and one day and just be like, Oh, we, we can't reach them. I mean, you're just, you're dead in the water. So you got to have some backup and you have to discuss this and come up part of your disaster plan. If you will, everybody needs to talk about, okay, if we're not able to reach you this way, we're going to you know come out this way. Uh, it's like, going someplace with your kids, like a Disneyland and telling them if you get separated, meet back here. Yeah, <laughs>
1: right? right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it it exactly. sounds funny, but
0: it's, yeah, but it's important to know that you've got a backup plan in place. Um, if you can't reach the people that are supporting your business. Right.
1: Well, and, and you know, another, I mean, it follows into diversification, but virtualizing, if your business is virtualized, that helps protect you against disasters too. We've had issues where, Uh, You know, there was there was one day, I think it was last year, maybe it was two years ago, where the entire state of California, the entire Comcast connection to the state of California was flaky. And so all of our people that, you know, worked on the West Coast couldn't get any publishing done for the day. I mean, it was a big mess. And and it was like, okay, well, the people in Colorado and the people, you know, in London, it's no problem. Like they can publish. We've got things going now. You know you you can't diversify your you can't virtualize your business you know in a heartbeat like that that takes right. a little more planning and some for some businesses it just doesn't work but.
0: It can, yeah, and, yeah, it yeah. can, and also, uh, you know, to recognize that as a strength of your business is an important part of your story when you're talking to people about, you know, or or if you, you know, if you're in discussions to raise money or be acquired, that's a real strength. And again, these kind of disasters, if you're planning for them, and and it, it helps. Uh, keep you healthy, if you will, and and it can make you stronger. And you think about what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What if this goes, uh, you know, I I knew a a couple of brothers that were in the garage door business. These guys are wildly successful out here and uh, they own a couple of buildings. And the one brother who's very conservative says, well, what could happen that we haven't thought about? And he's like, well, man, if we have an earthquake out here and earthquake insurance is crazy expensive in California, but, They calculated out, well, you know, it's only this much. It was pennies per square foot to add earthquake uh, insurance to their buildings. And it made their business that much stronger. Right. They didn't have to worry about it. So so looking at those things and diversification, too, is keeping on this supplier concept you know, what about size of your suppliers, right? Are you dealing with smaller entities that are going to be impacted in a greater way versus, you know, larger corporations that have uh, different diverse supply chains to get you products you need? And maybe you should have both, right? Um, Yeah. Because they're going to be, they're going to re uh react differently to these kind of crises. Like if, if you're buying from a very large organization, let's say you're sourcing parts for iPhones, which is, you know, is in my wheelhouse. Um, there's awesome deals, awesome opportunities from some of the smaller guys, but you know, these larger entities that have, keep some of their stock here in the U S and can supply you faster. Well, they're going to have a, a, a depth of inventory to help you out that maybe you wouldn't find if you only were buying from the smaller ones. Right. Yeah, uh, for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, I think, you know, uh, political, right? If, are you only, but what's the political climate in countries that you're buying from? I think about that more and more now, as we see different things happen, uh, with, you know, whether you're buying from China or you're in India or doing things, you need to think about what's going on, uh, and how you would react if things maybe get a little squirrely, um, could it impact your business? Good to think about.
1: Yeah, it's great. And, you know, I, one thing that I always kind of think about is having cash on hand, uh, you know, yeah, it, it be, because because you can you can get creative very quickly if you can afford to spend a little money to to create something new. Right. Like, OK, yeah, here we are. Uh, you, you know, I, I could take our, our publishing business like, all right, great. Uh, we have Internet problems. Everybody needs to move to, uh, you know, using cell phones and, and streaming over that. OK, well, that's going to cost extra. Well, fine. We've got the cash. Go ahead and do it. You know, or we yeah. need to spin up another server. Uh, on the other coast, this isn't going to work. You know, we've now we've got to have both. OK, that's going to take some cash. Like, just go ahead and do it. Or access to cash. You know, I mean, right. credit, credit right. cards and, and, and lines of credit, those sorts of things. But the ability to spend cash, I guess, is the right. You don't necessarily yeah. need to keep cash on hand, but the ability to spend it in uh, in a pinch is huge because you can say, okay, this isn't working, but we can now sort of innovate ourselves out of this problem because we have the ability to spend some money and got do a it. few things that maybe our competitors aren't thinking about doing because they're looking to fix the problem that isn't yeah. ours to fix. You know, all these things that you've talked sure. about. Earthquake. I, I, I'm I, not I can't prevent Mother Nature. You know, like I That's also right. can't influence politics. My businesses aren't big enough to do that. So I got to kind of let those people do what they're going to do. And I got to be. I got to figure out my life around that i got a route around the damage and and sometimes it just takes some cash to do that including just getting on a plane and going somewhere like okay this isn't working let's get everybody into you know let's let's all fly to austin let's get to texas everybody's there that's where, you know, we're having problems in California. We're having problems here, whatever. Get everybody out. Let's go there. Now we can keep running the business. Whereas, you know, yeah, either,
0: that's right. Those are the kinds really of really important. It, yeah. And the, the key thing I think, too, about the that cash flow is the time to be trying to increase your cat. you know, if access to cash is not during the crisis. Right. No. Uh, <laughs> you need to be this is part of your disaster plan is you need to be borrowing or, or setting up access even if you don't tap into those uh, lines of credit or a credit card, whatever you're going to do when you don't need it. Mm. Okay. Uh, You need to plan in advance. Uh, You know, you want to put those things in place when you don't need them, have them waiting in the wings because not only might, you might need them to, to survive, but typically disasters, there's a, you know, or emergency situations, there's a flip side and that's opportunity. Always. And, I, I would, you know, I know a lot of people and uh, that back in the 2008, 2009, when the real estate bubble burst and everything went crashing down, there were so many opportunities, but only if you had cash, right? And that's just one example. I mean, if you're like, use my earlier example, of the iPhone repair parts. You know, If you've got access to capital and you see the writing on the wall that supply chains are being constrained and you can pick up a, a large order, large shipment, maybe double, triple, exponentially more than you would normally buy, that could be a, ter- a tremendous opportunity for you in the coming weeks and month, months if those uh, products are not available for you. yeah uh, could, be, could be really great. You could generate a whole new uh, business as well. You know, talking about expanding into other areas uh, like your tips and, you know, not relying just on the news, it's other businesses are going to be impacted by these problems. Can you offer supplies or services to them uh, and grow your business when it's tough like this? Yeah, so I think it's it's important. And, get, a, and, good, and
1: this is another time where we're I mean, we're talking about a lot of things to ensure against disaster crippling your business. But one of those things is. Buying insurance, uh, you know, yeah. I I don't usually buy travel insurance, but I did right. for this past trip. I picked it up. Um, it was right, actually right about two weeks before we left, just because of the whole uh, coronavirus thing. I thought, you know, I can pick up travel insurance for about 200 bucks. Uh, I've got whatever, you know, six, uh, six on the thing, seven grand, whatever, with flights on the line. Uh, you yeah. know, that two grand, that 200 bucks, that's worth it to me. And that way, if anything, you know, if they if they cancel this whole thing and I got to eat part of it, that'll help me pick it up. And also, if one of us gets sick while we're, you know, there. okay, well, now we've got, you know, 50,000 worth of insurance to get us home in an emergency and this, that and the other thing. It's like, okay, like I feel better about doing this. But yeah, totally makes sense. The insurance insurance is a risk game. I mean, it it literally is legalized gambling. Right. You are spending money. That the person with whom you are spending it is gambling that they are not going to have to pay back to you. Right. Uh, Multiple times. And you're gambling. Who knows what you're gambling? For me, it was it was peace of mind of, okay, well, yes, I could have. I mean, the, the money was already spent, so it wasn't like I was ever going to get it back. But if we didn't get to go on the trip, it would have been nice to have the money back and, and also have this protection of being able to get home if there was a bigger problem. Sure, and We need to sense. spend more money, you know, but that that's what my part of that gamble is. But but you have to know that with insurance that you're you're gambling. That's that it's a yeah. risk reward scenario. That's exactly how it's supposed to work.
0: It's just right. And, yeah. and it's maybe part of this disaster plan that we're talking about, looking at things in advance, where in advance where you're looking at, okay, what cash reserves do I have access to? What can right. I tap into? And also then, what insurance do I have in place to help me get through these things? If something happens to my facility or I can't do business, I mean, do you have loss of income insurance that's available? All kinds of things. Um, Definitely want to talk to your insurance agent that, you know, maybe that person's on your, uh, your personal board of directors, like we've talked about here. And it just, you know, it's all about being prepared. I often get, you know, just, grinding things out and always thinking about the top line, how much revenue can I generate revenue? Can I generate? And sometimes y- you really have to stop and think, okay, well, whatever, everything goes to hell. I lose my key supplier. I lose this. I, how do I, how am I going to react? Um, it's, it's really helps to make your business uh, put it in a much stronger place. Yeah. You know,
1: you said to have your insurance agent on your board of advisors, what a smart move. It is really I've I, I've never thought of my insurance agent as one of those people, but he definitely is. He knows my business and my yeah. personal life inside and out. Yep. And and yes, anything he recommends for me usually comes with the opportunity for him to profit from. I mean, that's how but, that works. Of course. But that's fine. Yep. He also knows, he, you know, I know that this guy's in it for the long haul. So he's not going to recommend something to me that I'm going to, you know, very quickly say, dude, you just tried to screw me like we're done. You know, he, that's he, right. You know, so I'm I'm not worried about that. But I will probably two or three times a year have an hour long conversation with my insurance agent just kind of talking about business and things. And we talk about his business and my business. I mean, it's it's a very friendly conversation, but it keeps him aware of what's going on in you know in in my scenario and there have been times where you know there's many times where we finish that conversation it's like all right thanks man see you bye and there's no suggestion recommendation there's no sales pitch there's no nothing and every now and then it's like hey you know you could do this this way it's like oh i have right. no idea so yeah that's a good person it's important to, i mean yeah.
0: we've recently uh and i have uh, a great woman that sits on you know our my personal board of uh, and we own a you know uh, a bit of real estate right and out here in California there is a, a tendency to for homeowners and we own some vacation rentals where these insurance companies are canceling homeowners uh, on homes that are anywhere near a fire uh, area right as you can imagine uh, you've probably seen on TV where lots of parts many parts of California that have burned down sure uh, so. You know, again, I got a phone call, and I, w- I was trying to shop around, and and uh, Claire called me up and said, "Hey, now's not the time to shop because these companies are looking for any reason to drop you in uh, California. So let's sit tight and look again next year." Uh, and so again, you, you know, she's not going to make any money on that, but they're giving you advice. I've known her for years. Um, when we did get bumped on one of our our homes, uh, I was able to go back and. You know, look, and she gave us a ton of options and, uh, you know, to get a new uh, homeowner provider. Wow. uh, That's great. It's it's important. No, it's super helpful. Yeah. 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 Especially when you have more, as you accumulate more assets or as your business becomes more uh, asset heavy, that insurance becomes, you know, really important.
1: It is. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, when I was younger, I thought, oh, insurance agents, what a scam. Uh, I can figure it out. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, yeah, yeah, I could figure it out, but I, I don't want to have to spend the time to learn everything they know. I, you know, just like with an attorney, you you know, we're all relatively smart people. We
0: could learn to be lawyers, but that takes a lot of time, (laughs) you know. It it does. And, and I would argue that you can always find it cheaper, but there is, usually a price to pay when you have a problem, especially when it comes to insurance. Got it. Um, and you don't want to wind up having to sue your insurance company to get coverage. I've been in that position and it's just awful. <sighs> um, and so you want to have a good relationship with an agent or a broker that can be on your side, often on your side uh, representing you f- towards a larger insurance company. It works out really well. Yeah. And they've done it before. So they know yeah. who to call, how to
1: phrase the messaging, how to get things done quickly as opposed to, all right, now not only are you having a disaster, but now you have to learn the ins and outs of your insurance company's uh, claims process. No, that's the wrong time to do that.
0: <laughs> Pay yes. somebody else. That's it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, the, one of the last things I, w- I want to talk about is, and, and we mentioned this on the previous disaster show that we did. Throughout all this, uh, you know, when things happen or you start to see things happen, one of the key things to be successful is don't freak out. You know, uh, we've we've talked about stressful situations hundreds of times on the show here, and the a critical uh, point about making it through these things is to remain calm. Be the leader that your employees need you to be that your customers want to see that your suppliers they want to see your rock solid um, and having a plan in place is going to make you more confident and is going to uh, help you stay calm during these things it is uh it's real important that's great advice yeah you, yeah you yeah. need to pretend that you're not freaking out I think
1: that's that yeah, yeah, I mean yeah you you may have to pretend, of course. Yeah, but you'll be freaking an out. That's okay. Yeah. Just get your through it. You're judge. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then you know, freak out later when it's over. Like let the freaking yeah. out come out. You know, but and and make it part of your story. Like, oh, yep. of, co- of course, I was freaking out, but. I knew there was no value in, 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 you know, perpetuating that. So instead I dug into our cash reserves. I looked at our insurance. Yeah. I did all the things that we were supposed to do. I got the team to where we needed to be and we kept getting the work done. Like that's, that's the story you want
0: to tell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, that's great.
1: That's all good right.
0: stuff. So be prepared, take time to, you know, create a disaster plan and uh, go back and listen to this show again. Maybe play it for your management team and uh, pick out some of the things that will help make your business stronger. And even if you don't have a disaster, that's going to help you in the long run. It will. Right. Yeah. The the more prepared you
1: are, even just thinking through these scenarios and knowing, okay, you know what? I could survive that without insurance. I don't need insurance for that. Knowing that, that's the confidence you need when suddenly disaster strikes. You're like, okay, you know what? I've already thought this through. Uh, this is a little different than what I thought through, but oh, here we go. It's fine. We'll make yeah. it. Yep. It's
0: good. Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, good folks. Good stuff. Great to talk about. Yeah, it's good. it's good. It is good. Just just doing this makes me feel better about things. So there we go. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks to smile at textexpander.com slash podcast for sponsoring this episode. Feedback at businessshow.co. We would love to hear from you. See you next time. Keep living that charming life.